0: Welcome to End of the Age. Vince Stegall here with Doug Norvell and a very special guest. We're broadcasting live from Orlando, Florida at the Orange County Convention Center. Doug, the saga continues greater than ever here at the booth. Now, if you're in the Orlando area, you should come to the Orange County Convention Center and see us. We would love to meet you. Someone come up to our booth, Doug, and they say i'm your biggest fan i love everything you do doug they said this to me and i said i can tell you're our biggest fan because my name's vince
1: (laughs) yeah we get that a lot
0: we get it a lot so what i've been doing is going around and if i'm doing something a little questionable i just tell people that this is doug
1: norvell and they believe it yeah like uh when you went and borrowed that steamer from the uh from the booth across the way there and said hey if anybody's looking for this doug has it yes they well do. i appreciate that. she's
0: the one that specifically said that um i'm your biggest fan love what you do doug <laughs> and our tablecloth was wrinkled and she had a steamer so uh yeah so here we are <laughs> and um, we're very excited today because was it two nights ago is this when we met micah that's correct Two nights ago, a young man comes up, and sometimes when young men come up, we start thinking, oh, they're ready for a debate, because young men do that to us often, Micah. (laughs) Um, uh, But Micah was not that way, very gracious man, and um, so we started talking to him, Doug, and uh, we said, kind of, we gave each other the eye and thought, we should have him on the show on Thursday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just his energy, Vince was so awesome to see how excited he was about in Time and what he had learned from um, from Irvin and from in Time years ago. So, yeah, just all of that was pretty amazing.
0: <laughs> We're, we, we are we are uh, broadcasting from our booth here in the exhibit hall. The exhibit hall hasn't opened yet. However, um, Doug's having a great time with his son-in-law as he tries to help him with his microphone and all the things so if you hear a little chuckle in Doug's voice we're just dealing with some challenges that we're trying to navigate and it's it's fun um now let's get to Micah Doug I don't we don't have our normal cues I have no idea really how much time we have left for this segment but we're gonna we're gonna introduce Micah now so Micah welcome to End of the Age I understand that um you've kind of been a long time follower right
2: yeah absolutely I've been (laughs) probably
0: since 2011 2011 and and tell everybody i guess
2: your name age where you're from yeah my name is micah hawks i'm from nova scotia canada halifax and uh you know i work there as a youth pastor do
0: they know you're saying stuff like that as a youth pastor
2: well what's halifax to find out what's halifax halifax yeah so halifax is the capital uh city of nova scotia canada and um yeah N- not, not up to date on my
0: know. canadian geography i'll just tell you <laughs> i'm used to it now <laughs> so um tell us about you, you said since you were about 11 is that right or 2011 since
3: 2011.
0: yeah w- what happened there because you kind of gave us a, a little bit of information on that and that was really kind of the highlight for me personally so tell us kind of how you got introduced to end time
2: yeah for sure um Kind of a long story but made short. Um I grew up in the church, um, been around, you know, Christian teachings my whole life. Um as a teenager I kind of struggled, wasn't really interested so much um the things of the Bible. Um but then there was a prophecy conference happening um in a city about an hour from Halifax. And um one I, of those prophecy conferences. One of those prophecy <laughs> conferences. So I brother Baxter was there, Irvin Baxter, and um he was speaking that i'd never even heard of his name before i was just probably 14 years old and um well yeah around that age and so my dad and i just hopped in a car said that sounds pretty cool end time stuff you know so we went and checked it out you said it was cool i i thought it was pretty cool Okay. end time stuff that's always kind of fascinated me so that's what really sparked my interest into biblical studies was um was starting with end times and so um, Irvin Baxter did that conference. We were just going to go for the morning session. Um, we loved it so much. We stuck around all day for the evening session, and we were hooked. We bought the CD series. For those that still know what those are, oh boy. CDs. But we uh, we bought that, and then from there on out, I, I probably listened to those like a dozen times. Wow. So you were 14-ish. I think 15, now that I think of it. Yeah, 15. Four, 15.
0: So... There are a lot of people who listen to our show who have 15-year-olds yes. whether they're their children or grandchildren and they think there's no hope because people your at that age typically don't like bible prophecy or current events and if it's not a you know a 22nd reel or a TikTok then yeah, that's right you know we're not in it and it has to be some some dancing involved you know like all the popular reels how's that possible how can you be a 15-year-old and interested in this kind of stuff
2: yeah, you know, it's I, I think end time um, events has a certain kind of draw certainly to certain people that are intrigued by that sort of thing, the apocalyptic kind of thing. We just recently had a hurricane, Uh, Fiona come through, and you kind of see all those people that get excitement over um, (laughs) just bad stuff happening. They kind of rise up in those situations. So I I would be one of those kind of people. I wouldn't say an alarmist, but I certainly am intrigued by that. But I think everybody deep down is is fascinated i've talked to people in jobs that have no christian background but as soon as you start talking about end time stuff their ears perk up they may not even be interested in hearing the gospel Things like that, they don't want anything to do with it. But you start talking about uh, a one-world government, you start talking about the Mark of the Beast or the Second Coming or Armageddon, things like that, all of a sudden their ears perk up. And so I think as a 15-year-old that was really appealing to me. Um, Brother Baxter was talking about current events back in 2012. There was a lot going on, um, a lot of tension, and now even more so today. But um, that really that really intrigued me, kind of got me excited um, to learn more about the things of God and, and what the Bible has to say about the end times.
0: We've got like less than a minute left or some, somewhere around there. I'm not exactly sure, but I know yeah. it's close to a minute. Um, so I don't want to keep diving into your story, so I'm not going to ask you a follow-up question. Doug, what, do, what does people need to know about today's show specifically?
1: Well, the reason why we are having Mike on today is we want everybody to understand why this ministry is so important. And and even this general conference, this gives us an opportunity to get out here and meet other pastors who have been influenced or who are interested in in-time events. And it just gives us uh, a point of contact. Now we, we've met Micah. We know someone who is in another region of the world, really. I mean, he's just north of us across the border there, but he can reach people that we may not be able to reach, especially with you know his opportunity uh, in the youth division of the church. He has an opportunity to reach people that maybe we wouldn't.
0: He is a youth president in uh, Canada. He is a youth pastor, I believe. That's right. Um, and so we're going to get a little bit more into his story on the other side of the break and, uh, talk a little bit more about what he's doing today. But we're, we're excited to know that, um, people's lives are being transformed by this message. Um, and it's made possible because of generous partners like you listening or watching. So, um, You know, we're partner-supported, and it's because of you that people's lives are being changed. And, of course, Micah made the decision to transform his life with God's help, of course. So we're very excited for who he's becoming as a man, and can't wait to talk more about his story on the other side of the break.
2: Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end times. Understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intimecom slash future or call 800 in time That's 800-363-8463.
3: Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started in Time Ministries, there have been many times... Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you.
4: What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the NWH television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call one 800 end or visit endtime.com slash events for more information.
0: Welcome back to Into the Age. Vince Deagle here with Doug Norvell and a very special guest. We're excited to have Micah Hawks with us. We're broadcasting from the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. So if you're in the Orlando, Florida area, come by the Orange County Convention Center. As far as I understand, you can get in for free. So um, there is an event going on here. However, you don't have to pay to get in the door. You can come to the exhibit hall. And swing by our booth. You will not miss us. There's nobody else here like our booth. And uh, we will stand out to you. So come find us. Ask anybody you see where the end time booth is. They'll know where we are. Um, There's over 20,000 people here as I understand it. They're not all here at the exact same time usually, but during the day, you can come right up to our booth. Doug and I will be around, Dave will be here, and a number of other people from our team that you would uh, love to meet, including Judy Baxter. So it's been an honor having Judy here with us um, this week, and we'll be here um, one more day tomorrow. You can come by our booth and uh, hang out with us for a little while. So, Doug, you had any good times with anybody that came by? (laughs) <laughs> I always have good times with everybody that comes by, Vince. That's true. Well, what, what's an experience that you've had so far? Because I've shared mine where they
1: called me Doug. Has anybody called you Vince? Nobody's called me Vince. Everybody wow. has has everybody recognized knows you. Me. Well, wow. there's a there's like a ten foot picture of my face with my name under it on this booth, so it's kind of hard to miss me. But so you won't miss our booth if you right, miss. right, yeah. You can see it from the escalators coming in. But uh, yeah, I've talked to several uh, awesome folks. Last night, I had a wonderful talk with a pastor and his wife that's been listening to us for a long time. They're from Las Vegas, Nevada, and she was a little concerned because we spoke one time about Russian's, uh foreign ministers saying that um, they could just nuke Nevada. Uh, As a warning. Remember that show? And no, she, but it doesn't surprise me. She came up very concerned about something I said, and I said, oh, man, I'm in trouble. And then she said, you said this. And I'm like, well, actually, I was just repeating what he said. So <laughs> we got that squared away, and they were super sweet, and we just had a wonderful visit with them. So, You know, it's
0: been great connecting with people from literally all over the world this week, mm-hmm. and uh, them sharing testimonies about how much they appreciate end-time ministries, how much they appreciate what Irvin Baxter did in his lifetime. And uh, how thrilled they are that end time continues. And of course, like I said before the break, you know, we survive off of the goodness of God and generous partners like you all listening. Um, obviously we receive donations you can support end time ministries and this show being made available for free every single weekday and on archives by going to endtime.com slash give there's a lot of people that give one time there's a lot of people that sign up to give monthly and uh, we look to continue and to expand what god is doing around the world and so your financial uh, giving is so important but also your prayers um, above everything else we need you to pray for end time we need to pray we need you to pray for each of our team members we're right in the middle of um, a new revision of understanding the end time and uh, there are video editors working on this there are graphic designers there are uh, people that are editing it um, from a uh, like proofing the, the content all those people need your prayer so please pray for the end-time team um, you know we we need it. And we've told you many times that our team gathers every single morning uh, at our headquarters in Plano... And we pray together from 8 to 9. And so we're praying for you. You can submit your request at endtime.com slash contact. Select the prayer request option on the form. And uh, it'll get through to our team. And we are going to call your name in prayer and specifically mention you and your need. And uh, we certainly appreciate your prayers as well. I don't want to delay any longer, Doug. Uh, We have Micah Hawks with us before the break. He explained that he was introduced to End Time Ministries when he was 15 years old. Uh, Believe it or not, there's 15 15 year olds who can connect within time and not only that but god most importantly and so um his life as he said was was changed at 15 when he sat in a prophecy conference and heard irvin baxter teaching do you remember what he
2: was teaching on micah you know what i um i don't remember exactly he was talking about um i believe some of the trumpets um, that really was an no opening. surprise there. No surprise there. We and talked so, about that a little bit. Yeah, it's there's lots of content on this on this program <laughs> about that, and um, it, that blew my mind when he began to talk about wormwood and how it meant Chernin and tied it to Chernobyl and the angel. Is that that's your there. favorite one? That one that really stood out to me. That Why one is that? Was, Well, just that the fact that the word Wormwood literally translates into Russian or uh, or Ukraine. Was it Russian? I believe it was Russian. Yeah. Yeah. To Wormwood or uh, to uh, Chernin. um, And then, you know, there's an angel that's literally there with the trumpet to its lips on the very place and it, the Bible says that there was a star that fell from heaven that was bitter and made the waters like wormwood. I think you guys would quote it a lot better, but you're doing a great but job. Anyways, and it, it killed many people. So that that really stood out. And then even the, just the one third of the boats that were sunk in the wars. And he began to talk about that. And then he opened it up for questions. And so that led many different ways. But I can't remember exactly if he had a specific theme he was talking about. But um, and he did talk a lot about World War III, the sixth trumpet war. Um, one third of mankind being slain—that really just, uh, my reaction was kind of similar to his when he first was reading that and studying into it. Like, can this really mean one third of mankind? <laughs> and so that really shocked me. Kind of, kind of got me a little spooked and made me really evaluate my walk with God and make sure if I'd be ready.
0: Now, it was it scary because like you thought it could happen any minute, or did it spook you because it was just like, the Bible says this is going to happen and it's going to happen.
2: You know, it was kind of twofold. Um, mostly, it was because I wasn't where I needed to be. I grew up in the church. Um, I knew what was right, and I just I wasn't actually living right at the time. Um, involved in bunch of other different things I shouldn't have been involved in. And so, you know, but I I wanted to go to this conference. I thought it would be cool. And that really kind of shook me up a little bit, made me begin to study. Even when I wasn't right with my relationship with God, I began to study that. And I really believe that was the milestone of my life where I became a student of the Word. Well, let's talk about that because you were 15
0: when that happened. Yes, sir. And you thought you were going to be part of the one-third that would die, so it scared you into <laughs> submission to the Lord. Yes, yes. I'm <laughs> saved by fear. I'm, so. I'm making that up. Uh, you have not said that. Um, and you started, so what, what I, I'm not exactly sure how the school system works there. What grade were you in?
2: Is you know, it, it would have been between middle school and high school, probably I would say around grade 10.
1: Grade I want 10. to say
2: grade nine or ten.
1: Okay, and so when most young people are are living young, wild, and free. The way he That's described, what, the, yeah. and,
2: and that was me up until that that moment. That was,
0: you know. So what happened from there? Like you, now, you have to go. Like it's not like you were finished with school. You have to go back to school. You have to face those friends and those things that that you were involved with that maybe
2: led you astray or or was keeping you from your God given purpose. Right. I'd like to say from that that exact conference forward, my life was immediately changed, but I, it was more so a seed that was deposited. Um, it sparked interest, and in um, from that event, I began to study, and I believe it was that following summer, I was at a youth camp when I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and from that moment on, things were really changed, but it was I was kind of in a cycle of... Um, being nonchalant about the things of God, and that really woke me up. I would say from that, and was the catalyst that led me to to getting right with God. So, we're, like
0: when you go back to school, you're like, your friends think you're weird, or ha- what happened in that? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they already thought that. They though, right? they already
2: <laughs> thought that, but that just further confirmed that. But yeah, you know what? It was it was tricky. I'd like to say, I, um, going back, I would have done some things different. I would have been more vocal about it. Would have been more um courageous about my faith sometimes i felt like i needed to hide it because i didn't want to be ostracized or made fun of um,
0: well, as a youth pastor you know that's pretty standard for yeah. high school students so that's just how it goes yeah you want to fit in so but you did you weren't always that way so after high school what happened
2: yeah so um from there i um it's kind of a long process i mean i'm young i'm only 26 <laughs> but i uh a lot has happened um In that time, uh, I went to college, I took a trade, I was working a secular job, um, really just beginning to be a student of the Word for the first time in my life um, from there on. And um, just loving the things of God, being faithful to my midweeks at church and studying the Bible. Um, but All I right. just felt it.
0: You're being a typical pastor here, pushing the midweek. <laughs> Pushed, got to push. We the know mid-week. y'all come on Sundays, but we have a midweek service <laughs> that's too. That's the truth. That, okay, it's not just a Canada thing, then. <laughs> no, it's everywhere. <laughs> no matter what denomination, you no matter get what mid-week. country you're from,
2: that Wednesday night service is hard to get to. Man, that's the truth. <laughs> That's the truth. But you know what? Anytime that there's a there's a prophecy conference on, on midweeks, I hear attendance just goes way up. So, Oh, well, <laughs> so, you, should, you should have us out. You know what? That We will <laughs> have to talk about that.
1: So, Doug? I was just going to ask me you. Be, well, there. I, I want to ask a question about that because I, I come from a youth ministry background as well. <clears throat> I was a Baptist youth minister for seven years before I came on with Time. And so I taught some of this to my kids as like a special treat. We would have certain nights where I'd say okay, we're going to have a prophecy study and we're going to talk about some of the things that are going on. I was just interested have you done this with with your youth as well have you kind of led them down this road and told them this is why this is an important issue that's going on right now in the world because of world government or world religion or you know whatever the topic might be have you gone down that avenue and how have they uh, responded to it
2: yeah yes sir i um i have done that um Back in, in 2020 or 2021, we had longer restrictions in cannabis shut down. Really? So, yeah, it was... Uh, I would have never we, expected <laughs> that. Yeah. Justin c- Trudeau is such a champion of freedom. I know, I know. It's hard to believe, but, but surprisingly, <laughs> it was... You know, anyways, I, I'm not going to go there. Yeah, we don't want your bank account frozen. I we can't get back into the That's country. it. i got to be careful. <laughs> we will discuss that. Although you know, if I can't get back, I don't know, I wouldn't be too disappointed. Well, anyway. there might be room for you in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, yeah, I, I've taught on that. So we actually did some Zoom calls um, on end-time stuff. I, I focused on the trumpets um, because I, I find that those are very clear, at least for myself, um, and seeing how... A lot of these events have taken place. We're not waiting for the first trumpet to come. We believe that the first five have already happened and that the sixth one is imminent. Um, And so... I, I begin to teach those things, but it always leaks out in, in my in my messages when I'm speaking to them. I can't help it. I start talking about the end times and immediately you get a response. It's And I try not just to push the button to get a response, but any, as soon as I start talking about the end times, people's eyes light up because I really believe people are fascinated by that. And it's, unfortunately, I don't think it's talked about as much as it should be
1: in a lot of churches. So, Yeah, I mean, that's, the, the view that I had with it whenever I was teaching it, I got a lot of looks from parents and, and people would come up to me and say, what are you teaching my kids? They're coming home and they're telling me these things that are happening. I've never heard this before in my life. And it's just because a lot of people, because of certain views, a lot of people believe that we're not even going to be here for the events that are happening in Revelation. And so a lot of people don't even think I need to study the book of Revelation. Uh, you know, but there 's so much prophecy in the Bible that it it 's hard for people to uh you know neglect it. They need to be in that and yes. study it because it is very much relevant to us and once they kind of um, start to hear things are beginning to happen already, I think that that gets a lot of people like yourself and my and my story is similar to yours. I was kind of heard him on the radio one day and i'm like what is this i've never heard this before and so it does it gets you excited it gets you back because i've always credited irvin baxter to getting me back to god i was away from the lord whenever i heard that first program and it got me on fire again and that's why the other night when we met you it was just amazing to see your energy and how excited you were about it so just really cool that you have the outreach that you have there in canada and you can teach people what's happening right now and educate them on where they need to be. So we're talking about, we keep t- we'll talk about random things and we come back
0: to the Sixth Trumpet War, World War three as we call it. Interesting news is coming out of uh, Syria here, Doug, the U.S.-led international coalition... ...has begun construction on the largest military base in the Omar oil field in the eastern bank of none other than... Anyone want to guess? Euphrates River. The Euphrates River. (laughs) Yeah. ISIS has reemerged in both Syria and Iraq, and here we are building
1: the largest military base along the Euphrates River. Yeah, and one of the interesting things about that article, Vince, is that it is a coalition force. So not only is it the United States, this is not just a United States base alone. This is a coalition base. Uh, and and actually, they started this back in 2021, but they're just now getting this thing completed, uh, the first stage of it. And apparently, there's going to be two other stages to it. I don't know what that means yet. Well, I guess we'll find out as we go. But always interesting when we're talking about the Euphrates region there for anything militarily yeah and how how new is this story uh well this story is uh that i actually pulled this from this story was from uh just a couple of days ago i received it from one of the listeners but uh as i began to investigate i found out that this thing began to happen before um, so the story that we actually have right there is a story from 2021 the story that i pulled up for the show today because it has more information than the one that i received. Well, it's like the other day. i
0: haven't heard a thing about this. I know. And i'm looking at anything. it and they've constructed the base and the foundation and the platforms intended for the installation of highly advanced air defense batteries. Mm-hmm. This is the largest coalition base and it's going to house large contingent of soldiers and other personnel. I mean, it looks like we're looking at the
1: World War 3 military base. Yeah, exactly. That's what it looks like. It looks like that the defenses are building there because of the fact that I think that it's interesting that we've got a coalition force that realizes the importance of the Euphrates River region there and how uh, volatile that region is to something happening you know, there that could spark a major war. Well,
0: we're going to talk a little bit more about this throughout the show, but also we're going to get into Micah's story because he is Canadian, like we've said and he's going to share some information about Justin Trudeau and what's happened in Canada over the last couple of years that when Doug and I heard it, our mouths kind of dropped, and we said, oh, you've got to talk about that on the show. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break.
4: Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty?
0: Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince DeGall here with Doug Norvell and a special guest, Micah Hawks from Canada. Micah, we're so glad that you've joined us today on the show. I'm so glad to be with you guys. It's an you, honor. You've listened for how many years? About 11 years. 11 years. And you just came by our booth here at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida. We met, and after talking for a while, probably... we, we we talked close probably to an hour, wasn't it? Probably
4: too long.
1: Yeah, I, your I, wife was, I was like getting Yeah, I know. yeah, we shut this place down the other night. <laughs> Yeah, We
4: did.
0: But before you know, it took ten minutes and we were like, We've got to have Mike on
1: the show. This is awesome. Oh, I appreciate it, guys. So we're we're so glad to have you today. I'm trying to get a into the age plus exclusive
0: Uh oh. We need a Canadian representative. <laughs> That's what and I'm I saying. said I said we need a youth president uh endorsement for end time ministries and, and he said I'm I'm it. So <laughs> here we are. um so micah you went to a prophecy conference when you were 15 years old that like you said planted a seed that began to radically transform your life Um, you went through high school growing in the word growing in your relationship with god um, connecting to your god-given purpose after high school you picked up a trade you said and did you start Bible college right away?
2: Yeah, so I worked in that HVAC for about a year and then I um and then I went to Bible school where I continued to study the word of God. So,
0: you're 26 now. You went to Bible school when you were 19? Uh, yeah, 20. I 20, was 20 yeah. And
2: you went for, I'm
0: assuming, three years. Three years. Three okay. Three years
2: in Canada. We're, we're a little quicker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's
0: less to learn. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, um, Justin Trudeau, good. America, bad. Right. That's what. That's the narrative. Okay, yeah, Yeah. <laughs> but you went to Bible school, so it's a little different. Um, and you told some stories about that that I would love to talk about. And you're looking at me like, are you sure?
2: Yes, sir. Oh, w- which story is this? <laughs> well,
0: um, well, you, I think you told us you were the student body president. Is that oh, right? Oh, yes, yes. That's yeah. kind of a big deal.
2: Yeah, so I kind of, um, I just love converting people, whether it's <laughs> to drink black coffee or <laughs> to post-trib or just study in end times. Hey, that's don't a-
0: talk about tribute. We don't
2: talk about that here. We though. don't talk <laughs> That's right. That's right. Whether it's to study <laughs> yes, end times. Do. And so I, I had a kind of a reputation of of stirring the pot of people's, um, narratives and their ideas of, of how things will play out. Um, a lot of people thought they had an understanding. They were taught a certain way, but when it was challenged, um, they, they didn't have anything to back it up. And so Hmm. I would get to the scriptures and, and all of a sudden they couldn't argue because it's so clear what the Bible teaches on the end times. So you've had people get mad at you about that, right? I've had people get really mad about me. I think there's some people that don't like me still to this day. So anyway, well, I think you said things like, um,
0: uh, they, they would say, are you saying that my pastor's lying or something like that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're I've, like, I've been told that before. You're I, like, no, I'm not saying that the Bible is that, saying that yeah.
1: I'm not saying anything. <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> We've been there. We kind of uh, have faced those same challenges. So it's not hard, it's not easy to convert somebody that's learned something that's a traditional learning. And, I mean, we ask people all the time, you know, can you give us a certain scripture that will show us a pre-trib rapture and we'll change what we teach. But so far we haven't found anybody that can supply one of those. So.
0: Well, yeah, you, I haven't either. you know, what we, what we tell people, too, is we used to be pre-trib, too. Like in time started as pre-trib, not not in time the organization, but Irvin Baxter prior to starting In Time was pre-trib. And uh, a guy came through and preaching a revival and said that the four horsemen of the apocalypse were Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and he's sitting over there going, "How can the four horsemen of the apocalypse be the gospels in the Bible?" And so he went home and read Revelation 19 times in a month. And this is kind of what's st- similar to your story. He went to a prophecy conference per se, and it caused him to dive into the word and get to studying on this stuff. And so, you know, we're not mad at pre-trib people. We love them. Absolutely. We, we want to be side by side with them and, you know, reach the world. We want people to be led to Jesus and to grow in their relationship with God and uh, become better disciples. And it doesn't matter really to us whether or not you are pre-trib or post-trib. Uh, in that regard, we're not going to try to um, force it on you. Um, and we, we have this conversation a lot, actually. And I was just talking with somebody um, who's pretty well-known at this conference, and they don't agree with us on the timing of uh, the rapture. And I was trying to talk to them about how we could... Um, perhaps work together to some degrees and um and i didn't tell them who i was with at first so i'm just like talking about this and they're like on board and then i'm like okay well um what i'm talking about is end time ministries and they just look at me like oh no like i'm kind of <laughs> committed at this point i can't back out now that he says in time and um and so i'm like Listen, I know that we have differences on the rapture. We don't talk about it nearly as much as you say we talk about it. So That's the truth. we just want to reach people uh, and help them grow in discipleship. And, um, of course, that you know, we know that the rapture is going to be talked about in there at the same time, which there's a great story that you have about your um, college class when you had a teacher come in. Now, what I, what I don't want you to do on the air is say the author of that book okay okay avoid that but tell that story
2: yeah so you know and it's no um disrespect in any regard to this any people in this situation but (laughs) we had a teacher um teaching a course on eschatology at the college um and you're
0: already already the student body president
2: yeah yeah i was a student student body president and class president and um You know, everybody just knew this was my thing, and they—I was the first one to sign up for this class, and um, it was a pretty well-attended class. Um, It was interesting Um, when I would kind of just question a little respectfully. I I try not to be divisive, and I I know how you guys are like that—you don't try to confront people and and mess them all up with their teachings. You know, we try to have a respectful dialogue, Um, and so you know, I would just kind of push it a little, like he would make a statement on this scripture and say, well, what about this scripture? And it kind of, you know, he well, I'll have to get back to you. And um, sometimes I never heard back. This is the somebody. professor of the class. Yeah, that was one of the professors. And so. you're
0: doing this in the middle of class?
2: No, not, not okay. always. But sometimes he would... <laughs> maybe instigate a little and turn to me and say I don't know what Michael would say on this scripture and uh. I'd say well if you're asking I can say. <laughs> and so I would say some things and it would just kind of it was friendly and we shook hands at the end of class and there was no no hard feelings at all but um I was probably like the bane of his existence during that semester <laughs> and at one point he actually said man is anybody in this room pre-trip he said if you're a pre-trip raise your hand and uh, everybody looked around and they look at me and they didn't raise their hand they said I, so I, I don't know anyways i won't go any and he,
0: further and he threw the book down
2: <laughs> yeah he threw the book down. And said what am i even doing here <laughs> so you know uh, it was it was fun and we enjoyed it and um, but um, yeah some people don't take too well when you begin to kind of question. You know, okay, this is wonderful what you're saying. You know, I'll get behind that 100 percent if you'll just show me in the book where where you believe this. And I've yet to find a, a, a valid scripture that that shows um, that we're not that we're ex- exempt from these things that we're able to circumvent that. And um, I, I think it's tied to a lot of things. Um, there's a lot of prosperity teachings that, that, you know, as a Christian, you don't need to struggle. You don't have to go through anything hard. So this idea of that we're going to be here while the mark of the beast is being implemented, that's a foreign idea to some people. They don't want to accept that, you know, there is going to be the trying of our faith, and he that endureth to the end shall be saved. So some people do get a little a little upset about that. Other people are open to it. So,
0: Well, ultimately, we always tell people, obviously, we're post-trib but we would love it if pre trip were, were the case we would love the to same be gone. thing
2: i i don't want this so, maybe a little part of me the, the crazy side of me kind of is like come on bring it on let's
0: let's see. yeah you but were just talking about loving uh, the idea of a hurricane coming through
2: so i, I better be I careful we're, okay in, we're in florida right now and i know are. they were just hit so but a I, little I don't, insensitive I, I don't love hurricanes but there's a little bit of excitement as kind of you like i don't want to call like, myself a prepper but i like could I'm be a storm chaser things. like yeah, I would totally come, be one of those and you want to go uh, drive to it oh absolutely i had all my prepping items laid out my i finally it was my moment to shine my wife didn't think i was crazy i got to fire up the generator i got to get all my water filters out and everything so i felt kind of validated in that but
1: nice. anyways
2: i might be a little crazy <laughs>
1: Let me ask you this, speaking on that subject of being a little crazy. <laughs> you said the other night that um you research like in the night and, and <laughs> your your wife thinks you're crazy um, i I went through the same thing. Now my wife works for the ministry as well. So there's hope. There There is is hope. There is hope. Uh, But when you're researching, what kind of things do you research? Uh Yeah.
2: You know, I... uh, (laughs) Unhinged.
0: This is going to get us censored. If anything else... Oh, man. I I (laughs) can't say everything. Um,
2: (laughs) Certainly can't say everything. Um, That would... Yeah. Uh, Mostly, I like to follow um, things that stand out to me in the news. Um, I've seen a video recently about how the Euphrates River is drying up. I've seen a video from 2020. I have not fact-checked to see if that is valid, but, but the fact that the Euphrates River is drying up, I believe it's Revelation 16, it talks about that. Um, the river would dry up so the people of the east can go across the, the, the army. So that things like that, anything that, that talks about, you know the middle east i really believe that is where we're going to see right. these things unfold and even europe um with this um the system you know um the, the one world government we believe is going to emerge from that region so anything um of that nature i just go and look up if i hear you guys say something on the show um that piques my
1: interest i'll dive into that um So it's kind of a mix of everything. So you're like a lot of our listeners, and that was kind of my point. I wanted people to understand that um, here you are. You're a a minister and a pastor, but we're not any different than anyone else. These things pique our interest because of what we understand from Bible prophecy. Right, right. And so you don't have to exactly be a, a Bible major to be into this, but it, it helps, doesn't it, when you're it, studying the Word?
2: It helps, but I certainly was doing this before I was, you know, trained in studying the Word of God and, and through bible school and reading different books you know i i just just a google search this right. stuff that you guys are teaching is just a google search away you can see it clear as day if, if you just, they let it display for you well that's it yeah. that's it so we need some ministries like end times that can that can <laughs> oh, bring wanna, the stuff you, you want very... to
0: launch a search engine is that what you're well i'm
2: not against that <laughs> <laughs> for now
1: use w- might not Go. be a bad idea um One of the things that I do want to talk about, and I know we're coming up on another break, so we'll probably have to dive into it after this. But I want you to to start thinking about this as we get ready to move into the final segment of the program. You live in a region where we've seen world government really kind of blossom over the past couple of years, especially under Trudeau and some of the things that have happened recently. That's where we want to get to. We want to get to that story you shared uh, with us two nights ago because of the fact that we see so much happening right now, especially with digital currency and what they're trying to do with our monies and try to take away um, the cash flow and, and move to a digital currency. It's going to be a way that the world government will be able to control people in the end time. And so um, you have some things to share with us after that that's quite interesting. Doug, Doug, what do you mean in the end time? control people in the end time well i mean in the tribulation period so let me just kind of be clear there i think that you know i mean we've been in the end time for a long time but when we get to that point where uh the antichrist is on the scene and the mark of the beast is established uh, could it have something to do with a digital currency uh you know we just don't know yet we know that it's going to be a mark and it's going to be the number of a man scripture tells us that many people think it's going to be a um a physical mark and so we're just going to have to wait and see when we get there but there's been some things put in place recently that we want to talk about after a break well i was highlighting that to say that's already happening
0: yes and while that might sound like conspiracy theory to some micah has a story that validates it from a personal experience with justin trudeau in canada and we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break so don't go anywhere we'll be right back Welcome back to End of the Age. Vince Degall here with Doug Norvell and special guest Micah Hawks, 26-year-old youth president in Canada, which essentially means that he is um, a, a, an elected youth president over um, a bunch of youth efforts to reach young people. I believe it's uh, about 12 to 18 or so, or do you guys yeah, do it extend that into, into young adults? to 35. Okay, yeah. so yeah. they go up to single adults as well. Um, and so he has been elected by the United Pentecostal Church International specifically in Canada to be the youth president in one of the regions up there. And so um, we started talking a few nights ago here at our booth at the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, Florida, where we're broadcasting from right now. And um, we said, man, we've got to have you on to talk about your life and some of your experiences that you've had in Canada with Justin Trudeau. Not personally one-on-one, but um, thank God, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, it has impacted Uh, people that you are very close to and so we're going to talk about it Uh, so we're delighted to have micah with us i will say again if you're in the orlando florida area we are at the orange county convention center through tomorrow night and we would love for you to come out and meet dave doug myself and we have a number of other team members that are here including judy baxter so if you're in orlando florida or you want to come to orlando florida Come on out. We're at the Orange County Convention Center at an event, and it's free to get in. We're in a big exhibit hall, but you will not miss our booth. There's a, as he said earlier, a huge picture of Doug, and so find Doug and you'll find us.
1: It's all three of us.
0: Oh, there's there's also Dave and I on there too, but um, specifically, uh, Dave and Doug are here at the booth no matter what. So I go by Doug to a lot of people, and I'll keep doing that, um, especially when i borrow their steamers for the wrinkled tablecloths at the booth here but um i don't want to take up any more time doug micah um we teased it right before the break tell us about your experience with well you can start wherever you want i know you have a number of stories but specifically in the last couple of years how the I'm assuming you're aware of the World Economic Forum.
2: Yeah, I've heard about it.
0: Yeah, we've talked about it a little <laughs> bit. Um, and I'm assuming you also know that Klaus Schwab toted that more than half of the administration Trudeau's of Justin Trudeau has been
2: penetrated by the yeah, yeah. World Economic Forum, yeah.
0: Very familiar, it sounds like.
2: Yeah, yeah. So t- uh, talk
0: about that for a little while.
2: Yeah, there's a lot there. Um I won't get into maybe the genealogy of Trudeau. That, I don't know. That's probably a yeah, sensitive topic. You look, that, but that just, might look get into a this. just look into that one sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Klaus Schwab, you know, the leader of the World Economic Forum, has has claimed um, on different occasions to have penetrated the Trudeau cabinet. And if you're not familiar with the World Economic Forum, you can. I know they've done it on this program. You can research, but it's basically a group of billionaires um, with a globalist agenda. And so. Um, Trudeau is, is a, a faithful member of that, and we're seeing a lot of those policies being implemented, um, things like he's trying to ban fertilizers and reduce the amount of fertilizers people are allowed to use. Now, is that a um, conspiracy theory, or is that the that That is true? actual truth. That is actually on the news. And so not everything you hear on the news is true, but uh, I grew up in an agricultural um, part of Canada, and so uh, it is very true that farmers had their fertilizers reduced Um You know, there's lots of things there. People believe that, that they're trying to manufacture a food shortage famines, um, but he's he's done a, a lot of crazy things. Um, for those that don't know, there was a trucker convoy um, in Canada that happened in around uh, January into February of 2021, um, or was it 2022? The, the time is just blurry. It was tw- early 2021, I think. Was, is. It, was it 20?
0: The last two years have felt like yeah. one long
2: week. It, it really has. has been. And um, during that time, there was some major restrictions that were happening in Canada. Um, You know, even in the city that I was at, in Halifax, if you were caught um, in a different part of your city that you should not be, that you don't work in or you don't live in, um, you could be detained. Um, What do you mean by that? Like, you just said,
0: if you were caught in a different part of the city that you don't live in, you could be detained.
2: Right. So, you know, I live in an area like the west end of of Halifax. If I was caught, say, down in downtown or in the north end, um, and they... They, they realized that I was not where I should be. Um, you know, I could be fined. Gatherings at all. You could not go to people's houses. And this happened for many, many months. This wasn't um, the two weeks to flatten the curb. Um, <laughs> the hardest part of two weeks to flatten the curb is the first two years of it. No doubt. And um, so we... Are you saying you... Do you know anybody that that
0: happened to? You yeah. don't sound like somebody that's going to stay locked up in your house for two and a half years. I, I cannot confirm that on the air. Um, <laughs> Well, do, do you know anyone that went to the other part of town and actually was detained personally?
2: Yeah, yeah, I uh, yeah, I could. Uh, I may have, may or not have been one of those people.
0: <laughs> you might have been detained.
2: What, no, no, oh, not detained. Sorry, not detained. Not detained. Um, I don't know personally. No, I, I know you snuck
0: around. There's oh, no yeah, doubt about yeah, that, sir. But
2: um, <laughs> Yeah, so. I don't personally know anybody detained, but um, one of the things that was happening with this freedom convoy, there was vaccine mandates that were imposed on truckers. And obviously, truckers don't really interact with a lot of people. They, they sit in their truck and they deliver goods. Everything you see comes from a truck. And so they're absolutely the most essential workers in our nation. And um, our, our prime minister saw it good to enforce a vaccine mandate very late into this pandemic, two years into it um because of science of course political science (laughs) and um he um yeah so imposed that on them the trucker said hey we're not having this so they drove to the capital city um, of ottawa the capital of canada and they parked their rigs in the streets this is only planned to be maybe for a week although many of them said we will stay here until they lift all the restrictions they went on for a month how close are you to that Location? Uh, I'm about probably 14 hours away. Oh, oh but I've been day. there many, many times. Okay. Um, I'm very familiar with the area. I had personal friends that were there, good friends that were in this, and um, was in communication with them while this was happening. Um, and all they did was park their trucks. Man, they're giving out hot chocolate. Uh, there is bouncy castles they're playing hockey in the streets is that what they call them in canada bouncy castles Boun- i do jump jump in tent. i don't know what you jump call in ten i don't know what you guys call You're introducing it. new names oh man just bouncy castles you know all <laughs> things like that playing some street hockey of course because it's canada right so um and so local businesses were actually benefiting by having um during a time where covet has, has hurt these businesses they tried to change the narrative Um, ...by the state or the the federally funded news media that we have there. Um, They work for our Prime Minister, of course, so they're they're forced to go with his narrative. And they would completely twist around what, what was actually happening and saying they're terrorizing the area, they're terrorizing business owners. Business owners were actually benefiting by them being there. They're picking up garbage, they're being respectful and our prime minister invoked what's the emergency measures act or basically martial law it has never been invoked in canadian history um even though one year prior we had the the biggest mass shooting ever to happen in canadian history the emergency measures act was not invoked then um, when there was dozens of people being murdered but when these people simply went out and said hey we want to have freedom. So we don't want our truckers to have to be vaccinated. Um, in fact, we just we just want people to be able to live their lives freely to be able to worship. And so he imposed that Emergency Measures Act. Um, if anybody donated to this trucker convoy, and I know somebody, no, a friend of but someone. you said you were thinking about donating. I, I was actually, you know, and I'm not trying to over spiritualize it i was going to give to it and i just said well you know what there's a lot of people giving to it i, I was looking for the website and i just said you know what whatever I'll, maybe i'll get around to it later um and they end up shutting the page down It raised many millions of dollars they opened up a different one um with a fundraising company down in the states a christian one uh, that one raised over 12 million dollars they shut that down as well confiscated all the funds but i knew a friend who's I'm, they because that's you the, said it's a u.s site yeah, so You're they
0: Canada shut it down.
2: Um, I think that the, the company was forced to shut it down. Oh, whether it was from the federal government, I'm not sure how that transpired. But um, it, they were shut down, and anybody that had given to it, they froze their bank accounts. And I had a minister friend of mine. It was a relative of his. They had given, whether it was $20 or $50, to this convoy um, to support them so they can have you know f- diesel fuel and food and that sort of thing to sustain them there. Um, he uh, had his bank account frozen, and that bank actually, after his f- account was unfrozen, they wrote him a check for his account balance and sent it to him and said, We do not do business with criminals, and completely shut his bank account down because he was a political enemy to the state.
1: So... Crazy stuff. That is crazy. And, you know, it's it's not uh, something that we haven't even heard of happening here because um, the uh, general, I'm trying to think of his name right now, who I'm thinking of. <laughs> Everybody knows the general's name. It just went blank as I was thinking about it. Uh, but the one who's spoken out about the election and things like that and uh, about the uh, Biden administration. His bank account was frozen from Citibank here in the States. They froze his account and was not going to do business with him as well. It's because... These banking institutions are very connected to this world government. General Flynn. General Flynn, thank you. That's exactly who I'm talking about. And also, to clarify, this strike did take place in February of 2022. So it's very recent, even though, like you said, it's like everything's been a blur for the past two years. It's been happening so fast. But for them to, to just tell a person, here's your money back. We don't want to do business with you because you're a criminal. We we can see the dangers there that's being set up if we move to a cashless society, to a digital society, to where they can just cut you off and you can't access your bank account at all. If you're going against their narrative, if you're going against what they're telling you to do, whether it's a global pandemic or, uh, you know, a vaccine or whatever it may be, if you're speaking out against that, I've got an article that we um, have to talk about this week where the uh, a bishop in the Vatican has come out and said that if people are denying climate change now, they need to be um, banned. And they they need to have... Uh, no place for skepticism and denial, he says. Yeah, uh, of global warming. And okay. and so they're trying to push... This is their new narrative that they want to push because they want everything to go to the, the Green New Deal.
0: Now, Doug, don't you think you're being dramatic about that. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> well, so I I want to highlight that what we're talking about with these truckers, what happened here. I mean, I know that, you know, it's like a listener might say, "Well, who's Michael Hawks? Why am I going to take his his statement as authority on what the truckers were doing, you can go look everything up. I mean, mm-hmm. everything's out there. There's video. There's articles. There's everything available for you to find out that information to validate everything that he has said in regards to what the trucker was truckers were doing. Well, what were they doing? They are taking a stand against government mandates and saying, we want freedom or we don't agree with what you have said we want something else and so when we look at these things like climate crisis as the vatican cardinal says there's no place for skepticism and denial or we look at the united nation partners um or the united nations how they partnered with google to silence climate skeptics we look at this stuff happening and the principle of if we stand up to the government there's going to be a reaction that could lead to this i mean obviously we can't predict what could happen exactly but we've seen this happen in canada micah has experienced it with people that he's close to that 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 can confirm that this happened to them themselves and so we're seeing that when we stand up to world government ideas some of this stuff we've been talking about that could happen for years we've been talking about it for years it has started happening yeah and so to me it doesn't really matter what the topic is they have revealed what they're capable of and what they'll actually do you yeah. know and as we know klaus schwab WEF, they're uh buddies with justin trudeau and such this isn't something that he's just doing on an island right this is the narrative yeah this is the reality of our world All right. we
1: don't have a lot of time to wrap this up doug no how do we so- wrap this up Five seconds. Yeah, so this is what we've got. Ministers that know the truth that are in these regions that can teach other people what's happening.
0: Do it. Thank Micah for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys tomorrow.
5: This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME.